again, as Davy G. did, I want to welcome you to Easter Sunday service. This is a beautiful time of year. In the midst of darkness and despair, the resurrection of Jesus stands as an eternal symbol for the hope and the permanence of God that resides behind every up and down in life. So I will read from Rays of the One Light. This is the resurrection for every soul. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, we read the inspiring account of Jesus' resurrection. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus, and stood in their midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. The resurrection of Jesus, doubted by many, but affirmed by those who were close to him, was a miraculous event, though not one unique in history. For many great saints of other religions have appeared to their disciples after death, Sometimes their appearances have been as that of Jesus's was in flesh and blood form and not only in vision. Paramahansa Yogananda relates in Autobiography of a Yogi the account of his guru Sri Yukteswar's resurrection after his early, earthly passing. Miracles of this type are revealed only rarely to the masses but accounts of them, related by men and women of reputed truthfulness, have inspired many devotees with faith in the reality of subtler than material states of, ex of existence. Resurrection, Yogananda explained, means transformation, ultimately from any lower state of being to a higher one. Worldly consciousness cannot imagine such transformation except in terms of perhaps an improvement of the present mess of pottage with the addition of a new flavoring. Divine consciousness, however, is capable of taking the base metal of worldliness and transforming it into the spiritual gold of divine wisdom and love. In keeping with this truth, the Bhagavad Gita, in the ninth chapter, tells us, Ah, ye who into this ill world are come, fleeting and false, set your faith fast on me, fix heart and thought on me, adore me, bring offerings to me, make me prostrations. 
make me your supremest joy and undivided unto my rest your spirits shall be guided. Thus through Holy Scripture God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. Well, good morning once more and happy Easter to each of you wherever you are. And we hope this day is filled with inspiration and joy for you. With the world going through so much right now, it's so beautiful to see how people, particularly in spots that are being hit by the coronavirus, are really reaching out. Yesterday we had a beautiful satsang with devotees uh, in our New York City meditation group and also others on the East Coast. Uh, later this week we'll be having uh, satsang with our devotees in Mumbai and then uh, also we will be uh, talking with our uh, center leaders throughout India and we just got a request from our one of our center leaders in Moscow if we would do a satsang. So what it makes me feel is that we are all united in the light and with our Thursday morning satsangs or prayer vigils where we're sending out that affirmation. It's on a certain level, I think we will remember this time as a time of great blessing and opportunity. And so let's begin. I'm going to read a passage as we always do from Master's Whispers from Eternity. But this is, it's the most appropriate one. It's his prayer demand uh, to Christ. And it's, uh, one can't choose another one for Easter. But it's rather long. So what I would invite you to do, rather than just me reading to you, take this, because Master said he imbued every word of every prayer demand with his vibration. I invite you to close your eyes and feel that Master is saying these words with you, through you, to Christ. Come to me, O Christ, as the divine shepherd of souls. O Christ, thou rarest flower of hearts, thou didst sail the storm-tossed lake of prejudiced minds. Its evil-scented, gloomy thought waves lash thy lily-tender soul. They crucified thee with their evil, yet didst thou shed on them the aroma of goodness and forgiveness <clears throat> and help them to be purified by remorse to make them attractively sweet-scented with thine all-loving soul flower. O oh, thou great lover of error-torn brothers, an unseen monument of the mightiest miracle of love was established in every heart when the magic of thy voice uttered Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Thou hast healed the cataract of hatred. We have now grown to see thy truth. Love thine enemies as thyself, for they are thy brothers, those sick and sleeping. 
Thou hast taught us not to increase their fevered blows of hatred with the bludgeons of revenge. Thine undying sympathy has inspired us to heal our brothers, suffering in their delirium of anger with the soothing salve of divine forgiveness. Thy crucifixion reminds us of the daily crucifixion of our own fortitude by trials, of our own wisdom by ignorance, of our own self-control by the scathing touch of temptation, and of our love by misunderstanding. Thy test on the cross proved the victory of divine wisdom over ignorance, of divine soul over flesh, of thy happiness over pain, and of thy love over hatred. So are we heartened to bear our own crosses bravely and with faith. Teach us, when we are crucified by harshness, to pour out only sweetness, to bear with calmness the assaults of worry, and to give understanding unceasingly to those who unjustly hate us. O shepherd of souls, wandering hearts are seeking of themselves the one fold of divine devotion. We have heard thy the ever-calling music of thy infinite kindness. Our one desire is to find our home in thee, to receive the cosmic Father with the joyous open eyes of wisdom, and to know that all of us are sons of our one God. Teach us to conquer the Satan of dividing selfishness, which prevents the gathering of our brother souls into the one fold of spirit, calling to one another by the watchword, love him who loves you and love all who love you not. Let us rally beneath the canopy of the universal oneness of the Christ. Amen. Master gave his very first Easter Sunday service on this day in 1925. So many years have gone by, but still his words and his vision of what the deeper meaning of the resurrection is permeates this world and particularly can permeate our consciousness if we open our hearts and our minds and our souls to it. Last week, Ananta gave a, here at Ananda Village gave a very beautiful talk on Palm Sunday was Christ the Son of Man or the Son of God? And the answer, according to Master's teachings, is he was both. He was a Son of Man. He was born into this world. He had a physical body. He ate food. He slept. But he was the Son of God also, and more importantly, because his consciousness was united with the consciousness of his Father, Mother God. And so when we look at these three days, Good Friday on which he was crucified, then Saturday, a time of uncertainty, of indecision, the disciples and the followers of Christ were confused and distraught. And here they thought that Christ was invincible and, and the petty 
soldiers of this worldly kingdom took him and killed him. But now we come to Sunday, the resurrection, and really we need to understand that these three days, just as Christ was both the Son of God and the Son of Man, that we too are both. And these three days are not separate events. Yes, the horror of the crucifixion, the miracle of the resurrection, but truly they are a process. These three days that show us how we too can become the sons and daughters of God. And so we need to see it not as events, that even miraculous, wondrous events that happened long ago and that have changed human consciousness, but we need to understand they are demonstrating for us what the process itself to face our trials with courage and strength to don't, not to lose our faith when darkness seems to be enveloping us and the world feels, seems to be filled with uncertainty, but to affirm with our faith and our strength that God is in charge, and then comes the resurrection. And this is for each of us. Uh, Master spoke in that whispers, our da- the daily crucifixion of our wisdom with ignorance and our faith with doubt the daily possibility of resurrection in our own lives. And all the great masters, Jesus, our line of gurus, every great enlightened being, they all come to show us how we can become resurrected ourselves, how we can become reborn in divine consciousness. In Swami's marvelous book, The Promise of Immortality, he gives, an, he gives an analogy of how the saints, what they are like in the world, the great masters. He said they are like a beautiful wide window, and they bring us three things. First, a beautiful window gives you a huge panorama, a vista of the possible, and there was Christ and our own Guru Dave, raising people from the dead, giving sight to the blind, helping the lame to walk. And you see, this world is not bound by the limitations of the physical uh, reality, that the physical reality is a, a mere shadow of the truth of spirit. And so with this beautiful window that's opened up for us, we too say, oh, this is possible. Maybe I can even change. Maybe I can even be better than what I am right now. Maybe the, this beautiful window will show me how to open my own blind eyes right now. And so then the window, Swami tells us, of the saints gives us a beautiful, broadened perspective. It also brings us light. The light comes in that beautiful window. And what is that light? It's the consciousness of these great masters that if we are sincere, if we reach up to them and say, help me, I want to be more than I am, that light comes to us. And look what Christ did. He took Matthew, one of his disciples. He was a tax collector, a very materialistic man. He transformed him. He took Simon Peter 
and upon him he became Peter, on whose the rock on which uh, Jesus built the church of his consciousness. He took Mary Magdalene, a woman of the streets, and he transformed her into a saint. And these names are remembered from that day to this day as examples of people who loved God and who transcended all physical limitations. And so the great ones do this for us. They bring their light into our consciousness. And even more, as our great line of masters, of whom Christ is, of course, a part, they bring us the techniques for how we can allow the light to come into ourselves. Techniques of meditation, of Kriya Yoga, of right attitude, all of these things they bring us so that the light can enter and we can be transformed by it. But then the third thing the window can do for us, it gives us a vista, it brings in light, but it also gives us protection. It stops the rain, it stops the wind from coming to us. And so too, these great masters bring us protection. How? Well, in part, they take on part of our karma, just as Christ took on the karma for his close disciples, which was also what enabled them to spread his message, to purify them, but also for many others. For many others, Christ took on that karma. And we see in our own line of gurus the, the beautiful story of Babaji up in the Himalayas and uh, his disciples are gathered around a big blaze and he picks up a burning brand and strikes one of the disciples on the arm and someone present says, Master, how can you do something so cruel? And he said, would you rather see him be burnt to death as his past bad karma dictates? And so by that little touch, Babaji helped him to work out great, uh, great amount of past bad karma. So they give us protection by taking on our karma, but also they give us protection by their inward guidance all the time. When you're at a crossroads in your life, shall I do this, shall I do that? Because life is, let's face it, is fraught with peril. We're faced with decisions all the time and some of what to say, what to do, what choice to make. But if we can ask for the guidance and protection of our guru, of Christ, say, guide me. I don't want to fall into pits of error. I don't want to get diverted into detours of wasted time and energy. Guide my thoughts. And so these great ones help us in this way as beautiful windows onto our souls. But then we must remember in this process of the resurrection, we spoke of these three days, the crucifixion, the intermediate day of doubt and darkness, and then the resurrection. It gives us the opportunity to understand that each of our lives are fraught with difficulty, but we have to approach them with courage and faith. Christ said, he who does not take up my cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he's not saying we all need to be crucified, but he's saying we need to bear the trials that come with strength and courage and faith. And this is how we find freedom. 
Because if we're always saying, oh, not this, not that, oh, why me, why me? We never find freedom. But we look at the world around us. Yesterday, it was very beautiful when we had the satsang with the devotees in New York City and elsewhere on the East Coast. One man was a nurse who was uh, sharing with us, who was present. And at one of the hospitals that's very sorely affected by the coronavirus, and we said, how are you doing? And he said, we're all, all the healthcare providers, we're all looking out for each other. And that was so beautiful to hear. It, it just was so inspiring for us. And just to understand that they don't have to go there. They can say, huh, I'm putting my life at risk. But they're, they're transcending that. And the strength and the blessings that they will receive, healthcare providers everywhere, I'm not just speaking of New York City, everywhere, the blessings that will come to them from their ability to have courage in the face of this test will be tremendous. And so we need to understand this world will always be a challenge. That's the nature of it. That's why we're prompted and prodded to find a higher reality. And Swamiji says so poignantly, he said, suffering is common to all humanity. He went on and said, injustice and cruelty are the common lot. And the waves of sorrow and happiness are continually alternating. And so if this is the material that we have to work with, we need to understand that, okay, this is what it is. It's not going to get better than this. I know for many years as a young girl and a young woman, I would look at the injustices in the world and I would shake my fist at God and I would say, how can you allow this? Such cruelty, such injustice. But then as time went on, I, it wasn't that I became indifferent to it or inured to it, but I began to feel, began to understand, don't expect more from this world. That's why we're seeking something better, some an inner state of consciousness that is unassailable to the vicissitudes and the suffering of this world. And that's the message of what our troop taking the cross and following Christ means. That if we want to have freedom, we need not to be afraid of whatever comes. And to have courage and faith that God will see us through. And if we can do that, we find tremendous blessings and tremendous freedom. And then finally, we need to understand that resurrection is really ultimately of the soul. Yes, Christ's body was appeared before, after his death, but remember, after that day of uncertainty, when uh, Peter denied Christ, Three times, as Christ prophesied that he would. But then, after that day of uncertainty on Sunday, they gathered together his close disciples in discipleship, not in denouncing or, well, that was, didn't work out so well. But they gathered together in faith. And when they did that, what happened? Christ appeared to them.
in their faith, in their, in their gathering of devotion and love for their master. And Christ said, peace be unto you. And so we need to understand that the final resurrection is of the soul when we've gone through all the suffering and we're coming out the other end and the doubt and we affirm you can even crucify my Lord, but my love for him and my faith in him that he is the son of God does not diminish. So in your darkest hours, when it's easy to feel that God is not with you, affirm, you are with me. You are with me now. And then what happens? He appears in your heart, in your consciousness, and he blesses you with his peace. And so it's such... We need, just as the title of the reading, Resurrection for Every Soul. This day is a celebration of our own understanding of how, <clears throat> how to find spiritual freedom. And it is the process, the grace, our own effort, and the light that comes from God to guide us forward. And... Swamiji said so beautifully, he said, that person who is firm in their love amidst all tests and trials will come to find resurrection at last into infinite bliss. So as Swami's beautiful song ends, every heard every wrong has its ending in song. And so I hope for all of us on this Easter, though the world is being tested, let us always affirm the meaning of the resurrection that we are here to find the joy that is attainable past every test and trial that is ours if we have the courage and devotion and sincere desire to find God past all the shadows of this world. Have a very blessed Easter.